0: Welcome to Cancrea home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. And uh, we are still chasing down our uh, interviews around the uh, debate, uh, the string of not quite fleshed out uh, regulations in Alberta around trans access in sports, healthcare, and pronoun use, etc. in schools. This uh-huh. echoes legislation in uh, New Brunswick, saskatchewan and uh, a bit of a debate that happened when in the recent election in manitoba we want to make sure we're giving it the due uh you know time and energy and we just haven't got as far as that just yet so we will keep working on building those uh building that reportage Mm -hmm. um also people
1: are busy and you know sometimes they they just haven't gotten back to
0: us personally yet this is true this is true All right. But in the meantime, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to do with Jake, my partner Jake, Yes, this week. Right. Uh, just for context, everyone, I'm sure everyone is talking about um, the fact that, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, I've never. But he- Luke, why don't you just go to a gay bar?
1: That was sarcasm. I would never take a date to a gay bar if we've been together for more than like two weeks. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think that's exactly a date environment if nothing else, because the music is always just 5% too loud. And that's not old man, Sebastian speaking, even when I was young and spry and went to the club all the time, it was still 5% too loud for me when I went there just to dance and ignore everyone else. It's always just 5% too loud. If not more, it's just, it's not a good place to have a conversation, let alone a date. So, I, I would not encourage anyone to take their partner to a gay Well, I mean, daytime is different; it's more like a pub in a lot of places. But
0: yeah. I mean, it, it could be fun, you know. I was uh, when I was in Victoria. Um, somebody mentioned, "Oh, you know, the, the drag bingo is great fun," uh, except the bar owner uh, it doesn't doesn't want to acknowledge that he's going deaf. Oh, so your bingo volume gets turned up. And up and up. And up
1: got until
0: it. You've got mm-hmm. nightclub level bingo for two aces or, or you know oh, nine and three ninety-three. Or I don't I clearly I don't bingo, but you know it's uh uh-huh.
2: snake
0: eyes. I know that one. I know snake eyes. But yes, I mean, unless your bar owner is deaf and makes the volume unbelievably loud, um, then you know it's not not too bad. But I would Jake's not a huge person, but going into gay spaces. No. And it's, I don't know. I don't want to, it's a challenge. Cause I think around, um, Valentine's day, obviously restaurants and businesses, they make a lot of money.
1: They make yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I mean, they, they jack up their prices. In some cases, uh, they, they have a special menu just for that one day so that they can pretend like all of a sudden steak is worth $10 more than usual. Uh, not all restaurants are like this, obviously, but there's quite a few who go through this. And a lot of it is just, you know, the, the, the market economy. They do it because they can, there's profit to be made. And why would you leave money on the table and not grab it? Um, but there, I don't know. I ha- there has been talk sort of in, in various, uh, there's so many articles we never discuss on air because it's just like talking points. Yeah, a, a um, and this is one example. of those like, where do you go on a date other than a gay bar? And I've seen a couple articles like that. I'm like, what do you? Why is this a mystery? Like, where? <laughs> like, just make a list of of all the dates you've seen in every movie ever, and it's yeah. probably fine. Go to an ice cream parlor. When was I mean, the last time does, you had a good gelato? It does gelato? Seem
0: to me like some of these articles are someone have gone to Chat GPT and literally typed the headline. Into Chat GPT mm. to see what it tells you to do. Uh, I mean, we're not going to name the article because I think we're, we're not being particularly um uh-huh. wing in our review of it, but you know, taking a picnic, going for a hike. You know, explore Ooh. the city on bikes. I February
1: mean, is a bad time of year for most of the activities that they list. Also, it's
0: cold. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Ottawa has been unseasonably warm. Yeah. Canada, across, coast to coast to coast, unseasonably warm. But mm-hmm. I think climate change, and that's probably mm-hmm. a new reality. Um, but yeah, climate
1: change or no climate change, freezing rain is not the proper context for a picnic. Yes. It's exactly. still below zero. It's just normally this time of year, it's minus 20, minus 35 with wind chill. And now it's like minus two. So like it's unseasonably warm, but it's still below zero and raining. No. It's not a good, it's not a good place to go hand in hand, walk along the canal in February, unless it's cold enough that there is no rain and that the canal's frozen as per usual. That can be kind of pleasant because then the they put little, coffee places on the ice and you can get a hot chocolate on skates and it's a thing but well, not this year
0: Winterlude, which is the sort of wintry festival uh in in the capital um is happening right now as well so lots of uh um lots of uh, disappointment disappointment yeah <laughs> one always jumps out at me and it's not this, just this distinctly canadian thing or just something they do at little festivals where mm-hmm. they get like a like a trough there's no other word for it. It's like a trough of um uh snow, and then they just drizzle maple syrup onto it, yeah, and it kind of yeah. crystallizes and, and forms up and, and they then put they a stick in it to it. you on a lollipop stick. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's classic. Actually, in the past for for
1: Winterlude, I've gone and there have been concerts, and I remember thinking, I'm I was actually glad it was below minus five because if it were warmer than that then the, the snow would turn into slush under the, the everyone's feet. So you either want it to be properly cold or you want it to be above zero. Um, that, But anyway, unrelated to that, yeah, th- there is, I don't know. I don't know why there's confusion about what to do with your partner on Valentine's Day
0: if you're in a same-sex relationship. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of places I, I even I wouldn't feel super comfortable and I'm more into PDA than Jake is and Jake mm-hmm. would feel very uncomfortable. So a lot of these options are not going to happen. Like taking a bike ride around the city through potholes, puddles, Mm. and slush? No, thank you. I'm going to leave that one on the shelf. I I have
1: a strong feeling that one of the most romantic meals you can have with your partner is as follows, chicken wings, ribs, or spaghetti. Because if you can watch your partner eat chicken wings and then look at their god-awful sauce-smeared face and still feel love in your heart, uh then that's romance you know that there's there's something tried and true about you know i love you even though i've just watched you eat a, a, a plate full of lobster and you're covered in grease like that
0: that's love you know i honestly thought you were going to suggest that our listeners uh have chicken wings chicken wings hot dogs and bologna but you didn't you were more specific than that
1: you yeah, know chicken um, wings are great yeah
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think it's it's less about spending the money, less about hiking through slush piles, Mm. and more about setting aside your concentration, setting aside what you're thinking about that day, so that it's primarily the person that you are celebrating this particular day with, because we often. You know, everyone is busy. Everyone is yeah. busy. There's lots of demands on our time. Things are, mm-hmm. things are happening all over the place, and it's hard to focus. And I think sometimes if Valentine's Day is anything, it is an excellent reminder to stop and focus in on your partner and yeah. really kind of dedicate a bit of time to that. Uh, yeah. To all our single Pringles out there, um, you know, it's a good me day. You know, that could even... <laughs> bag of chips watching some Mm -hmm. TV. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. same idea all right but is it distinctly different if you're gay or straight absolutely not um i think that's really the the key
1: i think if you live in a small town that's a little homophobic then you could go to the local because every every township has that one very nice restaurant they all have them you're never too rural for that Um, You could go to that one nice restaurant and just not hold hands, which some people aren't into PDAs anyway. It kind of works out. Um, I've gone to brunch with you and your partner multiple times, and I've never seen any indication that the two of you are anything other than buds. Uh, Mm. But a lot of that's because jake doesn't want you touching him in public and not because he doesn't want you touching him in public he doesn't like being touched i mean
0: pub- he's not a fan of it in private either <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so <laughs> um genuinely it, hostile to uh, <laughs> yeah yeah touch is not his love language is really where i will uh, draw Yeah, that. i mean and,
1: anything that the two of you enjoy you can still enjoy i i still think it's i don't know it's um I think this in my my brain, I, I file this under the same camp as when people use the word community for everything. When sometimes they mean to say population or demography, like – like there was a, a controversy over the past week with the Super Bowl, and they're talking about the food allergy community being offended by the depiction of a peanut allergy in a super bowl ad. It's this whole thing, it's weird, it's on social media. Ignore it, it's stupid. And I, I have a pretty serious uh food intolerance. And I'm like, do not say I'm in the food intolerance community. That's that's it. I'm I am a part of the food intolerance community. Demography don't
0: identify with the food. (laughs) And I think this is, this is
1: one of those things where it's like, well, what's the difference between a gay date and a straight date?
0: Uh,
1: I don't know. At first, the first couple dates. Yeah, probably, probably huge differences. But once you've been in a relationship for at least six months, probably, probably less, possibly more. It depends on the couple. There's really no tangible difference. And the idea of specifically saying what are good gay Valentine's dates it's just bizarro world. You're 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 calling something community when you should just be saying population or de- demography at that point in time. It's like it's not that important in this context. I will defend. The first couple dates are probably going to be different, um, yeah. but after a while, nah.
0: Calm down. I mean, I think you bring up a brilliant point, and that is because when you're dating somebody, there is a lot that you are thinking about. Oh yeah compatibility spark etc yeah so doing it in a location where you know um being a gay couple in that space is going to be nothing out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. so you know i i want to use the phrase you know it's a safe space Mm -hmm. it's a space where no one will raise an eyebrow If you slide your hands to hold each other's hand across the table, you know what I mean? Like little things like that. So gay bars, restaurants, you know, things like that make a lot of sense because you're starting from a a space where everyone's like, okay. Yeah.
1: Two dudes and two ladies will go together for tacos uh, or bowling all the time. And it's not a date. They're just two friends. Like that can have any situation where you would see that, where you see two people of the same gender together and you don't automatically assume that it's a date. Anything on that list is fine. Um, The fact that you both happen to really love—I don't know—fish and chips, or or poutine trucks, or Exercing. darts, or or uh, VR, those those full VR things where you put the when you're in the pod. Like, if you love that, then yeah, like no one's gonna—they're just gonna say like, well, those are two people who who are a thing, and you don't have to make out, you know. On I every mean, day.
0: in all fairness, you're- And on Valentine's Day, I think there's a bit of an overall assumption. If I see two people doing anything on Valentine's Day, I'm just going to assume they're a couple. I mean, I think it's a camp blanche reason for the whole day. Like, just everybody.
1: Yeah, maybe. But every so often you see, you know, you see a a girl run up to a guy and, and give him a big hug. And everyone's like, oh, that's so sweet. And you're like, that's her brother. You need to mm. calm down. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's in general, I don't know. I, I think people jump to conclusions pretty quickly on a lot of things. So,
0: I think our takeaways for this uh is to our queer listeners, gay, straight, uh, gay, bi, lesbian, all as jazz, mm. um, just go on a date. You know, the, yeah. the gayness of it will be you.
1: <laughs> really, the point is to set aside. Yeah, you mentioned this earlier. It's really about setting aside time for each other. And, and like, whether or not Valentine's Day is a made-up holiday by Hallmark Cards or whatever, it's not a bad idea. At its core, it's a fine idea to say, here's, here's a moment in time where you put it on the calendar, whatever you normally do, you're going to be setting aside at least a couple hours, ideally more, to just focus on your partner. I don't see that as a bad thing. I, I who cares about the origins who cares about what it's turned into you don't have to go to the local drugstore to get mediocre chocolate in a heart shaped box you don't have to do that you can do something else it's really more about focusing on your partner and that's fine I think I think going uh, going to paintball you know and, and just shooting each other in the head with uh, with air guns uh, with proper eye and head protection of course. Uh, If that's what turns your crank, then that's the perfect Valentine's Day.
0: Moving on to something that's not as fun. Okay. Somebody desperately tried to uh, take down a flagpole in Stitzville a whole flagpole a, well they were aiming for a pride flag uh, it included a, okay. <laughs> uh, the scenario to imagine here is a flagpole a flag $20 oh. and a cinch sock and whilst you think about what on earth could have possibly happened there we're going to be playing The High by Backyard Bettys and we will be back just after this
3: in the i wake up my sleepy head to the mirror i find someone else instead looking back questioning all i've said whose reflection gives pause to disguise a shed quest before me do will i find in here take off the layer a faceless voice appears wisdom with words that I cannot hear wandering distracted by flash and shine fantasies and snake oil wasting time onward searching the true self eludes my gaze hang on to things that will help to make me brave quest before me and who will I find in here the layers of faceless voice appears, invoking wisdom with words that I cannot hear. Go easy. Why don't you
0: And welcome back to Canqueer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And
1: my name is Sebastian. And I'm curious about how do you take down a whole flagpole? Those things are about a quarter as deep as they are above the ground. They're, those well, things are sunk.
0: outside of the Goulburn Museum in Stitzville in uh, late January. Okay. At about, it's, it's the pitch of night. I'm going to really kind of set the scene for you here. It's the pitch of night. Close your Ooh. eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Okay. It, Close your eyes. It is the pitch of night. Okay. It is cold. It is wet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a museum. It's just like this white brick building with, with with a one story with a roof on the top. Just very Sort of bland generic looking building blood lamps um, pointed at empty walls exactly yes yeah. and you hear a spooky noise and, okay i'm done with the uh animated voiceover <laughs> but the point is uh it was one o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh sedan pulls up to this uh m- museum bunch of people get out mm-hmm. and they are clearly intent on taking down the pride flag outside of this museum, okay. so their first genius idea. Now, I don't really want to recommend this. I don't want. To, I don't want to see it in right. case other hooligans are inspired um, by this method. Of ruffians, perhaps? Down, yeah, ruffians. Um, yes. yeah, Ned Wells. Um, they are. They're all up to no good. Um, yeah. So these ruffians, they uh, took out a sock. Now. The police have not issued a statement as to whether or not the sock was on their feet prior uh, to the crime, or if they took it off in the heat of the moment, as it were. Um, But they then. Or whether or not it was a left sock or a right sock. This is true. It could have been a UniFoot sock. Who knows? They're all uniform, but that's the joke. But that's, yeah. <laughs> so, um they yeah, they tried lighting a sock. Um now the museum director was unsure. What does lighting
1: a sock on fire have to do with taking down well, a,
0: a it's not light? clear, it seems that the 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 working hypothesis right now is that they were going to then take a flaming sock and sort of toss it up to hit the flag. Um now because of Physics, uh, that didn't work. That they they Yeah, you need to fail. put a
1: weight in there. They they have too much surface area, they're too much wind resistance. Yeah, just I mean, also sock. I don't know if it's the best. You would need to huck that thing like Superman to get it high And
0: enough. have really good aim,
1: you know what Yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Unless hucking a flaming sock.
0: So they they tried it, they were like, This is obviously not gonna work. They were like, yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. All right. Bring the flag closer to the sock. That's how you commit a crime. Um so they tried Why does it have to, to be a sock? Just bring the flag closer to the fire. I don't think these I think these are
1: Florida man types of of criminals.
0: Well, uh, Stittsville, so you know, not that far off. But yeah, they they then try to break down and pull down the flag, but they were thwarted. By the flag, so so okay. far they've they've been defeated by a sock right. and a flag, and this is when they pull out the big guns—not literally guns, right? Um, it's more the four by four engine of their vehicle, where okay. they hooked up a, uh, a rope, a chain, or something okay. to the flagpole and took down the whole flagpole. Okay, because th- then they had succeeded, and they okay. stole the flag and drove off. Now, if anyone knows where they can get a pride flag for about 20 bucks, uh, this museum would like to know, because the thieves also forgot their sock, a water bottle, and a $20 note. So, I mean, I don't know if it was a to help replace it. Um, now, weird twist of events, the Diefenbunker... bunker, Yes. Uh, which is a Cold War era museum bunker based on well, it's a bunker from the Cold War era, which is yeah. now a museum. Which is actually quite close <laughs> to to where all this was. Okay, happening. I
1: know the general neighborhood. Yeah, for those who've not been to the Defen Bunker, uh, if you've ever played any of the Fallout games, it's kind of like that. They they basically built a facility underground that could just be a substitute for Parliament in the case of a nuclear fallout. It's about the size of a high school. It's like they took an entire high school, put it underground, and just buried it. That's the defense bunker. Um, it's the middle of nowhere. It was meant to look like a big old farmer's field so that it wouldn't be a target. Uh, and then the enemy discovered it. And they're like, well, this is useless now. May as well make a museum out of it. This is true. Um, they
0: have donated
1: a new flag. What about the flagpole? Those things are
0: expensive to put up. Well, I think the museum's going to try and raise some funds, rustle up some cash. Um, you know, really, what this shows is one: you can't ignite a flag that is ten feet in the air with a flaming sock. They also could not ignite the sock. Why didn't they just use the pulley system to bring it closer to the ground? You know, you know, Sebastian, if you were a criminal mastermind, I think you would have you would have had this done in. You know, two minutes from. Do you know,
1: actually talking about criminal mastermind, I'm sorry, this is a bit of an aside, but I admitted to my mother the other day that when I was a child, whenever there were squares in the fridge, like brownies, date squares, that kind of thing, I would cut off a piece that was one centimeter wide and the length of the pan. So it was the total volume of a normal piece, but it was incredibly narrow so that it visually looked like the same pan. And my mother admitted uh, that she did the exact same thing. And this is in the family chat. My brother was like, you bastards, because he never did that. Um, but yeah, it, it's clever, not smart. That's the trick to to pulling off a caper. And then my mom, because she knew people were stealing ice cream, she would eat ice cream with a fork uh, because you'd have those distinct fork marks in the ice cream.
0: Oh.
1: So whenever I opened the ice cream tub as a kid and I saw fork marks, I would just put it right back. And she was like, "Yeah, I knew what I was doing." So yeah, it was a uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just use the pulley system to bring the flag closer to the ground, unless they couldn't figure out the knot. But the knots that you use to you hold know, you, okay, the rope in place
0: not—they're not complex. These are some no wells. Okay, some, some some ruffians who have taken umbrage with a flag seven foot in the air. Right. Outside of a museum in right. the middle of January. If they and couldn't like, figure
1: out how to bring a flag closer to the ground, I'm just gonna assume they were all either drunk or on the devil's cabbage.
0: Um, I just think they're idiots. That's my answer. or both. Or all three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My conclusion is uh when you pick a fight with a flagpole and lose, um, you are the idiot in that scenario. Uh well, that's sort of where we're at. Now moving on, uh Manitoba. Right. Might just get a little bit better organized. Okay. We are we are uh-huh. huge fans of, and I'm going to tell you some words here. Right, capacity. Ooh, what kind of capacity? And alignment. Ooh, the De- coordinated development. Oh, okay. I yeah. know. I know. This is uh, you're going to need five minutes and a napkin, but but what uh,
1: kind? That's the
0: thing. Province of uh, Manitoba recently gave Pride Manor Pride Manitoba is it Pride Winnipeg? I forget which, which Pride it was. Pride Winnipeg. Okay. Um some funding. All right. To help kind of coordinate a bit of what's going on. Every town and city has their own Pride Parade. There's a bunch of different organizations. A couple of them sort of serve the whole province. A lot of them serve just sort of the communities that you can physically get to for the organization where it's based. And what they're trying to do now, which I think is quite exciting, uh, is they're creating a bit of a coalition, a bit of a pride coalition with all of the LGBT organizations in the province. Okay. It is the Manitoba Pride Alliance okay. that is being launched. It's not just smaller organizations. It's the biggest ones in, this, in the province, such as pride, Winnipeg, Winnipeg Pride. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it makes sense. It yeah. does, because you you know you have a pride event happening, which is going to bring people out of their homes to a community thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good time to be tabling for the service you provide. Mm-hmm. Or that's a really good time to have an evening event, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really good time to have also a workshop that's relevant to that community. Right. And now they can have much better impact by pooling and sharing resources, uh, just more effective time management. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the queer community has always shown we're better together Mm -hmm. than uh, sort of siloed and othered and, and off on our own. So, yeah, Sebastian, I was very excited by the uh, Manitoba Pride uh, Alliance. Well, Manitoba
1: runs into the same problem that most of Canada has uh, being that big. they have, a few, well, it's big. They have a few urban centers and then mostly it's countryside, uh, with the exception of Prince Edward Island, which is just mostly countryside. Um, and so. When you have small towns like that, being able to pull their resource together and actually sort of share the responsibility of pride is a is a very sensible thing to do. So I know that here in Ontario, uh, or at least last I checked, anyway, uh, Sarnia, Petrolia, and Blackwater, which is sort of their their sister city across the water on the people say the Detroit side. It's not Detroit. It's Michigan State. But yeah, Blackwater City in Michigan State. These smaller communities which are almost large enough to have a proper or I don't want to say proper a, a large pride festival but not quite large enough they actually just rotate between the three communities um and and pride just goes back and forth across the water so a lot of smaller towns are kind of moving in that direction where you know you might have you know a, a, a towns pride with where three people show up or you could get sort of the the rural 10 greater area pride where multiple small communities it'll sort of rotate between them and you don't necessarily want it to be too big because then people have to drive five hours because rural ontario is pretty empty not rural ontario rural, rural canada is pretty empty you can drive Two hours between communities in some parts of the country. So, being able to coordinate these different communities and say, like, well, you five get together and sort of share pride amongst yourselves, um, and we will train you on how to put that together. We might assist you in 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 putting together a uh, a a committee or a a board or or however it is that you decide to structure yourselves. Um, that's pretty helpful stuff, especially when you're looking at smaller communities which may have fewer resources. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, on a long enough scale, most people are smart enough. They might be able to figure, actually not might, they would be able to figure it out on their own anyway. But it's just, you know, why why struggle in the dark for 10 years when you could just have somebody saying like, look, this is what works. And having that sort of centralized body of knowledge that says, this is this is a good, efficient way to get pride organizations to work. The other thing, actually, this is something that I wish people did a little bit more actively. You, you've got two different ways that you can organize prides. You can either have the entire province do it all in one weekend and just have a pride, mm-hmm. or you could stagger it and then have sort of like a tourism thing where you go from community to community, which is Ontario kind of does a hybrid of the two, which is the worst, uh, you want to do one or the other.
0: I've always, I've always loved the idea of because because the country broadly speaking does that. Yeah, and doing a pride tour where I reckon you could get on a bus mm. and hit nearly every major pride. The thing is, they're nearly always on a Saturday, so you'd have to like be in a place for each week, and that's a lot of time off. For you. Mm. Who would have the luxury for that much time off? Um, but, yeah, the idea of like a little bus that goes, you know, city to city would be would be adorable. Now, a lot of what you mentioned, I think, um, relates to the next story that I wanted to talk about as well. And that is the new executive director. And when I say new, I mean brand new. Like, like I two don't... hours old. Yeah, 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 but they're still mucus, Okay, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, so Pride PEI, Prince Edward Island, um, they have, after some really great leadership recently, and uh, they've managed to secure enough funds to be able to actually hire an executive director. Oh, And they're very excited about this. So they've just hired Cameron Cassidy. Okay. And, um they uh i believe Cameron Cassidy's role now is and what what Cameron's talking about um i think relates a lot to what you're saying right and cameron's saying that the focus that uh that she has is on long-term sustainability yes. not pride festival boom, Pride Festival, boom, Mm -hmm. Pride Festival. Mm -hmm. Normally, these organizations have one goal in mind, which is to Mm -hmm. launch the next thing the following summer Mm -hmm. and hope they don't go bankrupt and then do the same thing over again and hope they don't go bankrupt. Um, It leads to burnout for board members, for volunteers. It doesn't give any kind of like sustainability And um, yeah, Cameron Cassidy has really identified this as a challenge that a lot of Pride organizations have had. And it's a challenge that they believe they're going to try and zero in on first. And I, I agree. I think that's a great approach. So we'll be keeping an eye on Prince Edward Island Pride and the new executive director, Cameron Cassidy, and how that develops. But for now, we're jumping to our next song, which is, Took the Dog for a Long Walk by Mortimer Be Quiet. And we'll be back just after this. And welcome back to Cangre Home of Canada's Korean media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. And that was Took the Dog for a Long Walk by uh Persimmon Mortimer Be Quiet. Um, I actually did take my dog for a walk earlier, and mm-hmm. uh yeah, it was very exciting. Now, there is uh, oh, there's always Hollywood news. We do keep an eye on it. Um, the only thing that I think was worth mentioning. Uh, is that Cher and Sinead Oconnor have been amongst the nominees put forward for the rock and hole rock and roll hall of fame in 2024. Mm-hmm. But stiff competition, Ozzy Osbourne, Foreigner, Sade, Lenny Kravitz, Mary Sa- Bidwell, Sade. Sade, sorry. Yes. Um, you know, a tribe called Quest, they are all also Ooh. on the ballot. Ooh. Will share a position. Who knows? It's a pretty stiff comedy. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne. I know. He recently just took somebody to court. I want to say it was Usher for uh, copyright. Sade
1: food. had a massive impact on the 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 sort of... Um, oh, what she had a massive impact on music.
0: Now, the other story that we are keeping an eye on. Now, in Alberta, if I believe it's 10% of the community gathers together with a petition and says, look... This many of us believe something is happening. Uh, They can force a referendum. And in Westlock, Alberta, they are forcing a referendum on a municipal bylaw. And the proposed bylaw language, and I have it here handy. Now, this referendum is coming up um on i want to say february 22nd so quite soon mm-hmm. um the bylaw says uh, do you agree that only federal provincial municipal may be flown on flag flags may be flown on flagpoles on town of westlock municipal property all crosswalks in the town of westlock must be standard white striped patterns between two parallel white lines and the existing rainbow crosswalk In the town, be removed. They are putting a rainbow crosswalk to a referendum in Westlock, uh, Alberta. Now, are these separate
1: items, or is it agree or disagree for the whole? It's agree or
0: disagree. It'll essentially ban flags and remove the crosswalk, or not ban flags and not remove the crosswalk. Okay. So yeah, it's hard to say. The community is obviously quite concerned. They said, "Wow, if they're gunning for this, well, you know what comes next." I'm not a fan of the slippery slope argument, but it mm-hmm. certainly has sort of changed the vibe in the in the town. Um, some of the residents felt that the town wasn't hearing them, wasn't listening to them, and a part of me here is thinking, okay. Do we take the gamble here? Because first of all, one in 10 people are, are gay. So if every single homosexual, bisexual, and trans person went out and voted, it's not enough. So the question is who holds the sway of the majority for this town? Yeah, Is it these individuals who are outraged by the sight of a rainbow crosswalk and want it banned and removed immediately, or is it the gay community? And I think in the middle there, we have the sort of silent majority of Canadians in Mm -hmm. this town who are going to have to decide. And I don't know, maybe it's just the hopeful in me, and I'm not really much of an optimist, but I think that if it is put to a vote... Mm-hmm. Then maybe this is an opportunity to really challenge the town and be like, look, you've got two two options here. pro-gay visibly yeah. with the crosswalk that's there, or anti-gay and remove any mention and reference and paint over it immediately. And you know th- those are the options and and sort of have it what about you? I'm I'm leaning towards let them vote. Yeah, well, so I'm
1: all for democracy, and I'm all for freedom of speech, and I'm all for a lot of stuff. But I'm also acutely aware of the concept of the tyranny of the the majority mm-hmm. that that is the 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 kink in the armor of democracy. That um, you do have that issue. But on the other hand, um, let's say that only ten percent of the community is LGBT identified. Everybody else also has to live there, and if they don't, that's not their symbols. Then I know it's complicated for me. One of the biggest things is like. You may have guessed because I kept saying, is this really all one vote? These things should be decided on separately. And it's also an issue of just because those symbols aren't used doesn't mean you can't use other symbols. So one of the the classics that we've brought up a few times is there's a few communities that don't have the budget or the willpower or the whatever to make a rainbow crosswalk. One of the major issues with the rainbow crosswalk is you have to repaint it all the time because it's being driven over. Um, So what some communities decide to do as sort of a a cheaper alternative is they put um, in the downtown core, they put rainbow flags up on the various light posts. You know, you you see the little crossbars on light posts and you just put different flags on there according to whatever festival is going on. As sort of a bonus, um, this is something that never occurred to me until a few months ago. It's generally seen as a symbol of a, a pretty deep disrespect to walk on a flag or a symbol. And the fact that crosswalks is a thing, you're walking on the symbol it doesn't bother me. But I was like, yeah, and that that is an association. Like the, the number of times we see at protests people walking on a flag um, as a sign of disrespect, and we're begging people to walk on the rainbow flag. I don't know. It's it's kind of the irony
0: is not lost on me.
1: But there are other symbols. That's really what I'm trying to get at. So if you were to say no flags at City Hall flagpole doesn't mean you can't put flags up elsewhere. No rainbow crosswalk doesn't mean you can't put the little rainbow flags on the streetlights. Not doing this doesn't mean you can't do that. Like it's is it a referendum on pride symbols during Pride season around the city, or is it about these in specific? And I think the fact that they're just narrowing it down to all of these put together and you just have to vote on all of them in one ballot, that to me just feels very short-sighted. Like it's, it's just a matter of like, I don't know how many times, like you see this all the time if, if you ever watch Question Period, if you're the kind of nerd who watches mm-hmm. Question Period um, at Parliament where you'll see a law that everybody agrees should pass, but it still gets voted down because the wording is just so bad. Even the party that put it out there in the first place, like, okay, okay, sorry, guys. Yeah, we should edit this. Like, that happens.
0: The thing I want to mention here for the voters to consider as well, and we don't have a huge amount of time left in the show, is these individuals are very likely to get up and go vote. Yeah. So if you are, you know, you believe maybe this isn't really what's best for the town, you also have to get up and go vote. Yes. Um, Because otherwise these motivated few will change the law. We have run out of time. My name is Smith. We're playing out with Quest Before Me by Noreen Braun. As I said, I'm Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian. And thank you for listening. I'm
4: not sold on what you're selling don't buy what you believe i'm not cruel or careless what you want and what i need and i'm tired of how this always ends you're good until you're gone we want You just want the high When you come round You just want to fly And never come down It's wrecking you It'll be the death of me It's such a crime You just want the high You're not down work and every chance and every time you kill what hurts you've gotta be tired it's taking its toll watching us burn and go up in smoke Just wanna fly and never come down. It's wrecking you will be the death of me, it's such a crime. You just want the high.